Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning, everyone. This is Angela Payton, Grace Through Faith Worship Center, and we just want to welcome you uh, here this morning on Saturday, 8.30 a.m. I've been trying to... um, Try to figure out what what time is a good time, and so I think I'm going to stick with 8:30, 8:30 to 9 um, on every Saturday, and that will be the time that we will get together. We'll pray. It's not too early and it's not too late, um, and so I just was praying about it and trying to figure it out, and so we'll be meeting on on eight at 8:30 on Saturdays from 8:30 to 9. Let's just open up in a word of prayer. Father, I just thank you for today. I thank you for those who, Lord Jesus, who are are here on the phone, on the line, and listening in, oh God. And I thank you for those who uh, are are on their way or those who could not make it, Lord God. We pray for them an extra blessing upon their lives, Lord God. We live in such a frantic, um, busy lifestyle, oh God, uh, that uh, we just we just encourage people to take a few minutes and just on Saturdays just pray and just seek the face of the Lord. Uh, so much can occur uh, throughout our week and throughout our lives, and we find that we have squeezed God out and that we uh, pencil him in and that we don't Spend that quality time with the Lord Jesus Christ, and so on the weekends, on Saturdays, I am uh, compelled to have a time with the Lord and encouraging people uh, who are part of this ministry to to come together as a corporate body to pray. And so many things are going on with uh, um, administration and. Uh, just life in general, that Lord wants us to come together and just set, do a selah, stop for a second in time and acknowledge, it, acknowledge his goodness, his greatness, and who he is to us. You know, I find that even in church that we can be busy bees, but that we're not being, we're not rested in Jesus. We're always striving for the next thing, and God's not pleased with that. He's only pleased with our hearts being rested in him. Amen? And so on Saturdays, that is what we're doing. We're resting in Jesus. We're coming to the feet of Jesus, like just like Martha and Mary did, and they decided that they would be before the Lord. And uh, and but one was busy doing other things, and and the Lord said, you know, in His Word, she has chose the better part. We want to choose the better part. We want to choose what's important to the Lord, and to be at the feet of Jesus, and to worship Him, and to praise Him, and allow your spirit, man, to feed upon the Word of God that just washes you daily. You know, it's so much that goes on, and the enemy is so strategic on our, on us that we have to be vigilant, that we have to be strong, that we have to uh, learn how to be those people who will do well in season and out of season. Amen. And the Lord was speaking to me this week about testing. You know, so many times that we are tested in life with challenges and things that go on in our lives, and we wonder, 
you know, God is wanting to to grow us up and, and strengthen us and help us to be strong in our faith and in our knowledge of him, um, that we are tested with the truth that he is deposited in in us. And he 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 is using that to show us who we are and where he wants us to be. And the testing is necessary because we don't know if you've passed, you don't know if you've gone to the next level unless there is testing to see if you've grasped the knowledge, to see if you internalize the concepts. And the Lord would test the disciples like that all the time. And so I'm saying that uh, this week I posted a couple of things on Facebook. You're welcome to go out and see those things. But God, you know, sometimes we don't understand the time or the season that we're in. And um, we may be striving when we should be praying. We may be should we may be in a season where we should be bricklaying and we're out canvassing, you know, for buildings. It 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 behooves us to understand and to know the time and the season that you're in, that we're in, and then be in that season. Because there's certain things in that season that will help you to the next season. And we need to be prepared for that. We need to honor that, and we need to be aware of that. Another thing the Lord was ministering to me this week was about the avenue of honoring others and honoring the people that's in your life. You know, so many times we take people and situations that we are in, our financial situation that we're in, and, um, you know, everything that we can possibly do uh we we take people for granted you know our our relatives uh you know spouses siblings daughters re- daughters son relationships all of these relationships that we have cousins aunts uncles you know we take it for granted what does that mean we don't honor it we don't value it we don't share our hearts, and that is just the trick of the enemy to have us in a state where we're not thriving in um, all things that would pertain to the Lord, but also to help us to be more effective and efficient in ministry and in being a Christian that's effective Christian here on earth. So, for example, if you have a, a, you know, I had this opportunity to uh, talk with uh, someone this week, and I was, the Lord reminded me how just because you've decided to create a human being that has character, that how that can impact someone else's life. And we don't, we can kind of brush over that or just not acknowledge that or just it's those little lessons that we hear and see and sense that is so important. And and I got it. You know, I was like, wow, it makes so much sense that some of the things that we, if we would be obedient in the small things, the big things when they come, we will be able to tackle them. We will be able to tackle whatever comes our way with grace. 
with the love of God and be able to stand and withstand the storms of life. I talked about that this week as well on the Facebook post. The Lord just gave, you know, the Lord would just give me the words and it was saying, are you one that can be tested and stand in a storm but still be standing when the sun comes out? You know, we we uh, want to be vigilant and be Christians that are strong and can weather the storm and not be uh, compromised our position. We don't want our emotions to run away with us. Um, negative emotions, frustration, which is really the undergrading of frustration, is just anger. You're angry at something, something, someone situations and so we don't want to have negative emotions. We want to be people who walk in the spirit. We don't want to be what those who say I will be happy when or I will be happy if. We are to be content in every situation we find ourselves in. So how do we find the strength to do that? It's through his word. It's through the word of God. Is through the word of God. Hold on for one second. Okay, I apologize about that. We're having a family family uh, <laughs> crisis with the dog this morning. She wants to eat. Um, Father, we just thank you, Lord God. I hope I didn't leave any. I hope I didn't lose anybody. But if we did, just just pick up and and get the blog talk after hours, but um, the Lord was just admonishing me that we need to honor our relationships and uh, supervisors, managers, we just need to honor one another because as we recognize and honor each other, God can flow through us to touch a dying world. You know, and sometimes it's as simple as saying hello or picking up the phone and saying, I just called to see how you're doing. Um, We don't need to be so busy with things. So many people, and I find that in, uh, in, in our world, we are really busy and people are not important. Uh. The activity or an event is important, whatever that activity or event is, but it is it doesn't reign as high on the list as just fellowshipping and being with a person or people or your family. Um, there's so much to be learned by just being around your family, being around your relatives, being around uh, just fellowshipping with people, period. And I think that's why the church, God created the church, is the church supposed to be a family of believers that come together and learn and sharpen one another. But when we make it an event, then it gets really strange and it's hard to tackle the competition of an event. But I would say that when you when you Frame it and understand that you are around a family of believers, a family of people, people who care about you, people who are concerned about you. That should be the draw. 
you know, the pageantry and, you know, what's, you know, all of that. I think we have sold our souls to the enemy when we allow church to be something other than family, coming together, learning from one another, shepherding the flock, knowing people's names, knowing about them, knowing where they are with their relationship with the Lord, and developing those friendships and cultivating that warmth um, warmth in a church family is so key in order for it to gel. I think that is what creates the draw. Um, And so we must understand that and realize that when we don't set the stage for that in a fellowship, Bible study, church, home, whatever, and it, 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 it's, we're selling ourselves short on what really God was uh, wanting when it comes to church. It's not church in a religious sense. It's a family of people coming together, a family of believers, and having that, that wholesome family um, gathering of believers and listening and understanding and stepping out on one accord. It's phenomenal. And so it's a culture and a community of believers that God wants create. See, God wants family. He wants, quote, you can call it church, but I think a lot of people, they it's almost like a four-letter word, and God is really, he's wanting family. And so when that, when when we come together, that's what we should feel. We should sense that. We should, we should honor that. And it's a privilege. It really is a privilege to to find other people who believe like you and that you can come together and uh, enjoy each other's company and grow in faith and family together. So it's a tall order, but God has required us to do that. And um, as you get a revelation of really what God is trying to do, it's, 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 it's different than just saying I'm, I'm established a 501c. It's much more than that. You know, it's, it's you know, people are, are you 501c? It's not about money and it's driven, you know, and, you know, get the stuff with internal revenue and this and that. And But God is just, from a heart perspective, he is wanting uh, family to come together, those who are believers and love Jesus. Amen? And so we should be mindful of that and not, and not uh, be uh, so quick to dismiss that and say it's an option. And it, it's just, it's not really the, it's really not the heart of God when it comes to the church. And so what you see, is, you know, when we look at the New Testament, God just talks about the church, which is his family here on earth. Um, nothing wrong with auxiliary uh, support systems. Bible schools, this and that, that may support a church, but his foundation is very clear, and it's the, it's, it's, it's shoulders is landing on the church and the organism of the church. Amen. So I just had to say that because I think that we get so confused about um, these, uh, quote, organizations, but they're truly God's family, God's heart, and that he wants to build up more of his family through the avenue of the church, which he um, mentions time and time again uh, throughout the New Testament. Amen. 
So uh, those are some things that the Lord just laid on my heart this week, and that um, that as we go into the Easter celebration, as we go into the time of Lent for some, and we push back our plate for those who will be giving up something, just be mindful of the work that was done in the Lord. It's a finished work. He has sealed us with his grace, his mercy, and his love. We have something to look forward to. You know, this time on earth is just a season, but there will be another season that will come. And in that season, we're going to live forever. We're not going to have sickness, disease. We're not going to be tormented by the enemy in any fashion. Those who have mental illnesses and things, they're not going to be tormented by the devil and his imps. There is going to be this tremendous sense of wholeness all the time. There will be no enemies to fight. Amen. So we have an inheritance, an inheritance in the Lord Jesus through the death, resurrection of Je- Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you. You know, we may not win every battle here on earth. We not, may not see everybody get saved. We not, may not see uh, everybody get healed. But God is a, true to his word, and his word is final. And his word says that if you accept me as Lord and Savior, you will see me in paradise. You will be with me in paradise. You will be with me forever. And I take that to heart. When I see so many injustices and things in the world, I close my eyes and I say, Lord, I thank you that this is not the end of it all. Amen. And it should encourage you. You know, sometimes we look at the news and it is a downer. But it's not the end of the story. It's just a season, a blip in time. And the Lord says the things that we do or deal with on this earth won't even be mentioned. Can you imagine something not being mentioned? So how much energy and effort should you be putting into it would be one of my questions. If it's not, if that type of work here on earth is temporal and ain't, it's not going to even, the works of the flesh and things that we do, it's not going to even be mentioned, then what should my energy be placed on? It should be placed on getting myself together for what will be mentioned, okay, which is salvation of souls, those who, who need Jesus, me getting in the word, understanding who I am, not letting my negative emotions, stinking thinking, get in the way of of my lifestyle, of enjoying. See, the enemy says, well, I got you saved, but I'm going to make you miserable uh, for the rest of your life. That That is not of God. We should be the most happy, peaceful people, be able to share our heart, be able to love on other people, be able to enjoy this life, not be depressed, oppressed. But you see so many Christians are in bondage to their own stinking thinking that they can't say hi to people, they can't give compliments, they don't know how to love someone, they can't even hug someone. That is totally demonic. It's demonic. And and you can't say that you can you can't do that and then say, I'm going to reach the world. You'll never reach the world. 
You'll never reach your neighbor. you never reach, you know, the mailman. Because you're not living and walking out what God has called you to do. And so we have to check ourselves and say we want to do great works for God, but can you go and hug someone that needs a hug? Can you go and tell someone that you love them? And when we can't do those basic things, how can we have the gall to say we're going to reach the world or reach our community or even reach our neighbors when we can't do those simplistic things that God requires of us, and it is phenomenal to understand and say, you can't do that. God will not allow us to skip any steps in the equation. But what we can do, we can get a lot of head knowledge as Christians and think and be deceived in thinking that we've matured in that head knowledge. But that head knowledge not applied is zero. It it will bear no fruit. It will bear no fruit. If you can listen to someone with tapes, you know, this week I was listening to tapes. I said, this is some good stuff. But you, the people aren't, aren't ready to apply it. They can't apply it or will not apply it. So it will bear no fruit. Wow. Okay, so God is saying you can take Bible class, you can do whatever, but to bear fruit is that you must obey the living word of God. If he says to love, you must obey and love. You can't say, I heard about the love walk. I like what he's saying, but I refuse to love my neighbor. No, it will. that word for you will bear zero fruit because you're not applying it. You're not practicing it. You're not getting up and saying, today I will love 20 people. Today I will find someone to bless. You understand what I mean? And the people that you need to bless is right in your face, not someone outside, right in front of you. You You will have to make an account of that. See, the accounting that we're thinking about is going to be people who are right that we have access to, not strangers and folks so much, but people who are in our who are right in our face, right before us, and God said, I asked you to do this, and you would refuse to do it. And so we, we have to understand and get a check as far as our Christianity that God is requiring us to love everyone, everyone, and that when we decide that we're going to take the word and not do what it's called us to do, it's all about being disobedient. We're not we're not being obedient. And you know, I was talking to one one uh, person this week, and um, you know, the Lord just saying disobedient will never do the work because they don't want to apply it. They just want to be religious. They just want to be religious, and religious people listen to tapes all day but will not do one bit of it. That's a religious spirit. Don't plan to do any of it. But they make their self-conscious soothed by listening. No, it's not about listening. It's about doing. It's about being. Okay, and so we have to get beyond the religious spirit that says, "Well, I listen to sixteen tapes and this and that," but have but when God asks you to hold somebody's hand or or take your ego off the shelf, 
and say I was sorry, you can't do that. You you don't get no fruit. And the, the sad thing about it is you think you're growing, but you're not. It's the, you're being deceived. <clears throat> it's called religious spirits. It's called trying to do it your way. When God asks you to bend and just to change your ways, and it don't take 20 years to change your ways. It it just takes a, a decision of obedience to change your attitude and your ways and what you're doing. You know, I always wonder, I said, why somebody, Lord said, it's because it, it's considered disobedient. You're just being um, rebellious, and you don't want to do, but you will soothe your conscience by listening to a whole lot of stuff and reading. No, it's about doing what God told you to do the first time. And until we pass those tests, then we keep going back over and over and over and over again. And so we can't wonder why things, you're not growing. You know, I was wondering the other day, I was listening to somebody, and I said, wow, their response was not what I expected. But then the Lord was saying, you shouldn't expect anything. That was my fault. You shouldn't expect anything. And so we have to come to the conclusion that we don't need to be nobody's judge and jury. Only judge we need to do is judge our actions. Amen? But I'm saying all this because it's amazing how we think that we're grown in things of the Lord, and God's just very concerned about the very basic things. You know, very basic, very basic things. And and we could take a laundry list of some things that we probably in our own lives can can shore, shore up, can tighten up, can do better at. And it's, it just requires us doing it. Amen. So just just understand that let's not be deceived. God is not marked. If we're doing the word, you know it. If you're being obedient, you know it. If you're just playing games and circling a wagon, God knows it and everybody else does. And so it's not a it's not a situation of condemnation. I think what people do is they want to say that you're condemning them when they just, just really don't want to change. It's not a condemnation. Your heart wants to change, you'll change. And you're not condemning someone. You're just telling the truth about the situation. Amen. And so sometimes we really we need to recognize who we are, where we are, and that God wants to grow us up from the inside out. You should be a better, softer, gentler, sweeter person than you were last year. And if that's not the case, then the fruit is not being produced. We can always go out and do works, quote, works, but to do that with the heart that God is requiring us to do and, to, and for that to bear fruit, you're going to have to take it from the inside out, meaning your attitude, your emotions, your behaviors, everything should line up with the word of God. And that is where God wants a lot of Christians to bear much fruit. When the fruit of the Spirit is dwelling in you and overflowing you and trumps your negative attitudes, your mouth, your, your, all of that, when your persona changes, People will know it's not you, it's God they see through you. And there's so many people that don't get that. There's so many Christians that don't get it. They want to hold on to their stinky personality when, in fact, God does want to change your personality. He does want you to be something different than what you were 20, 40 years ago. But it's up to us to sacrifice our egos and be different. And for some people, they never will. That's just a fact. 
and you just it, it is what it is. But for those who want to know more of Jesus, who love Jesus, who want to see him revealed, when you come into his presence, just like Moses, he was a changed man. He went up that mountain one way. He came down another. And I will say to you today, those who are listening online, what are you going to do? Are you going to go up to the mountain with the Lord and come back the same? Or are you going to allow God to change you from the inside out? And so that that is the growing process of maturing in the Christ and maturing in Christians. And one of the other things the Lord was just ministering to me, and I'm going to pray, is that you need to spend time with the Word, in the Word, in the Word, and allow it to change you. The message that we've been doing with Ephesians, I'm praying that those words are ringing in your ear and that it's changing you from the inside out, that we don't wrestle with these negative emotions. You know, we like seesaws up one minute, down the next. You should be consistent. You should be consistent almost 120% of the time. Very rarely should you, 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 should, you should be a Christian that's a seesaw. And so that is a lack of maturity. You're not matured in the things of God because you, you, your emotions are up and going around and swirling. People don't know how to take it. You're not matured in the things of the Lord. You may know a lot, but your, your your maturity is not knowing a lot. Maturity is what you can display. Amen. And so the Lord was just, just really admonishing me, what is a matured Christian? What is a matured Christian? And it's one that can weather the storms and can stand up and not, you know, you see some trees after a storm, they look whooped. I mean, you could tell the tree that can stand is still pretty. It doesn't look like nothing's been tainted or touched. That is the tree that God is looking for us to be, not one that looked like, you know, looked like a storm came through and it got hit pretty bad. So we want to be strong, mature Christians that can stand the storms, and when the sun come out, they're still standing. And that happens with the word of God and with the word of God being entrenched in your mind, in your soul, and then it transforming who you are today. We should be more like Jesus in our demeanor, in our actions, in our dispositions, in our emotional area than we were yesterday or the day before or two years ago. These people should see more Jesus and less you. And I would say most Christians don't even pass the mustard on that. We just, you're just not there. We're a bunch of religious people. We go through the motions, but God has not transformed our lives to the point that people see Jesus first and you second. And so we got a lot of work to do, amen. So, Father, I just pray in the name of Jesus that the character of who you are will outshine who we are in you, that you want us, Lord God, to be strong, vibrant Christians that draw people to us just by our persona. We had not said one thing out of our mouth. People don't need to know you're Christian. They can tell by your persona, by who you are before. When you walk in the presence, your presence doesn't exuberate the demonic spirit of this world, but it exudes Jesus Christ and who he is. Amen. 
And we have a choice to make. Every day we make choices of are we going to let Jesus out or are we going to let the devil have his way with us? Amen? Are we going to let the de- Jesus out or are we just going to just let the devil use us as his instrument? We have choices to make, and the more choices you make saying, you know what, I can act a fool, but today I'm going to let Jesus be Jesus, then some people may get saved behind that because they see you being consistent in your walk with the Lord. You know, we have to put our flesh down. The flesh is never going to uh, walk out this Christian life uh, successfully, it's always going to torment you. It's always going to want you to 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 take the short road, to take the easy way out. But there's no easy way out of it. We just have to understand who we are and embrace it, and then we bear fruit, and then those fruit will remain, and we will be we will enjoy the Christian life. We will enjoy being like Jesus. We will enjoy our relationship with the Lord because we're at rest and peace with him and with our fellow man. Not enough to be at rest and peace with Jesus and hell-raising with your fellow man. You're you're out of line. And uh, I, I just had so many some run-ins this week with Christians that are just out of line. They're not doing what God called them to do, and they're not being what God called them to be. And so, thus, the message today. So, and it's just disheartening, you know what I mean? Boy, it's just disheartening, but the Lord allowed me to see that. And then the Lord was showing me areas in my life that I need to prove on and allow him to be Lord and to rest in him. You know, so I just we just repent. So, Lord, we have not rested in you. We have been struggling and striving, but we need to enjoy the journey. We need to enjoy who we are in Christ Jesus. We don't need to let the devil come in and rip up and tear up our um, our life, our money, our you know, job situation. We need to. Wherever your situation is, a weakness, an area that that the enemy is, we don't want the enemy to rule and reign. We want the the Lord Jesus Christ to rule and reign. Amen. And we want to be people who have character. Look, if you say Jesus is Lord and he's number one, then show show up and be seeking on Wednesday night. Where's the word? Where's the pastor? Where? You understand what I mean? People, you, you pick up the phone. You take the initiative. But when we decide that we're too busy and we got other stuff, and you know, it's just it's just a game. But the reality is, I always say, actions speak louder than words. And so whatever you're pursuing or whatever, you know, it's a balancing act, I understand. But sometimes you just have to understand that God is going to be God, and he wants you to be, he wants to be, first, second, and third. But you know what? Some of the issues, I just believe, would not even exist if we would be Christians who would stand by God and stand on his word and make him first, second, third, fourth, and fifth. Don't try to squeeze him in. Just let him be all of that. Let him be in on all of your decision-making. Let him make the decision. Amen. Praise the Lord and be comfortable with that and allow him to just bless your heart. Amen? And let you be who he wants you to be.
because we so many Christians we want to uh we don't want to really allow God to be Lord. We just want him to give us good stuff and be you know give us things. But we don't want to serve him. We don't want to sacrifice for him. You know, I think about um I was studying about some of the revivalists and stuff like that and Quite frankly, it's a sacrifice. These people didn't they weren't in the regular mainstream of life. They 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 sacrificed for the gospel. And we can't sacrifice one hour on Sunday. Look, it the proof is in the pudding. And you we have to make decisions. Either it's it's all or nothing. It's all or nothing. And when we decide that we want to do all, then then God will be able to take you to the next level. You know, you can't have your cake and eat it too. There is a sacrifice to be called of God. There is a sacrifice to be um, to to say you're called of God and not give up anything is a misnomer. Oh, you will have to give up something. You will have to give up something. And when you we make when you make those decisions of faith, I believe God will honor it and he will open doors. I believe some reason why some doors are not open because we have not sacrificed to the point where those doors will be open. I remember one time I was going to uh to uh going to the nursing home. We were going to minister. And as soon as I stepped into the before we went there, we were just trying to get there and going to the nursing home. As soon as my feet touched the inside of that nursing home, literally, I felt the presence and the power of God hit me. And the Lord told me that is for ministering to these people. And then when I left, it lifted. And he said, you don't need the anointing anymore because I gave you the anointing and the extra grace and mercy to see what you saw in that nursing home and to minister to those people so that they could feel me and not you. What that means is, for me, what it means is for everybody claiming they called and set apart and all that, well, that's exactly what it's going to take. You're going to have to set apart and, 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 and set your life aside for Jesus. And it can't be a situation where you're going to squeeze him in because you don't need the anointing. You don't need the level of anointing. You don't need to see all these tremendous signs and wonders if you are squeezed into the world system. You don't need, you don't need that level, okay? You don't need it. You don't need it. So you don't get it. Why do you need it? You don't need it. It's for equipment. That's equipment. It's equipment. It's equipment. And so um, lessons learned. Lessons learned. I think God gives us invitations for the next level. But then there's the hard part of following him, of pursuing him, and allowing those doors to open because we've given all. But when we haven't given all and he's asking for all, then there's nothing else to be said. 
there there is nothing else to be done. You literally have to give it all up. And so, um, but God is God. God is a God of honor. He's not going to tell you or show tell you no. You can't. You know, I, I'll use you how I can use you. But if you don't, you don't need the equipment. You you may not operate in it. You you may not see it because you don't need it. You know, you understand know I me? Mean? It, it gets to whether do you need it or you do or you don't. Do you are you hungry for it or you're not? Can can he count on you or you're not countable? And then also, are you being religious and you just going through the motions, or does he really have your heart? Because I would say, if he has your heart, you're going to something's just going to change. Because if God is if God has grasped your heart and you got and you all in, I mean, 150, 20 percent in, you see the people that 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 have done that because it's a sacrifice. And I just pray for those who who God has called to various things, and and uh, that you begin to understand the level of sacrifice that it takes for you to go to that next level. So, Lord, we thank you for the day. I thank you for those who listen to me. I may seem to be rambling on, but it, it needs to be said um, what God was on God's heart, you know, and what I feel like God is speaking to me and maybe the congregation and maybe the people who are following us, is that, you know, God will require sacrifice when he's asking you, showing you, calling you, and he is not into competition. So we make a choice, um, and that's just the way it is. And he's looking for a heart that's hungry for him. He's not looking for folks to just say, well, I went to Bible study, check. I went to so-and-so, check. No, this next wave of revival is going to require people of substance. It's going to require people who are willing to sacrifice. It's going to require people who are going to want and desire to go the extra mile because they're going to hold a lot of weight. On, on on their shoulders, and quite frankly, the Lord just doesn't want you to break. He doesn't want the infrastructure not to be able to hold the weight of his glory, to hold the weight of the anointing, to hold the weight of all of that. Um, and so for a lot of us, we're in preparation mode. And you have to understand the season that you're in. You have to understand the season that we're in. And so with that, I'm just going to close. I hope this was helpful for some. If not, just pray for us, pray for the ministry. Father, I thank you for everyone that's listening. I pray that they will understand and begin to understand the season that they're in, to rest in you, to be at peace with you, that their body will be sound and whole, that there will be no tormenting spirits that want to drive them to crazy things that just, it's demonic, and we just rebuke it all. And we thank you, Lord God, for those who will come on Sunday, that they will have just this sense of urgency and love for you that will propel them to come and to enjoy the fellowship, enjoy the communion, enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. And Lord knows that every need that they have will be met. In Jesus' name, we pray. In Jesus' name, we pray. In Jesus' name, we pray. 
Amen and amen. So enjoy your day. Be blessed. Know that God is with you always. Know that he is for you and not against you and that he is on the throne and he's He's praying for you, interceding for you, and you need to know that. Amen. We love you with the love of the Lord. Have a blessed day, and we hope to see you tomorrow. Amen.